It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can follow the show on Twitter at FlowTrackPodcast, where Travis is putting up only the most embarrassing clips, and Gordon still does not have the password. Yes, it's very true. Um, I would like to apologize at the top of the pod. People don't know mm. this, but we are recording this pod three hours later because yours truly decided to sleep in. Did not set an alarm, uh, so I apologize. And I had to start learning this because I think the plan is we're going to take this mm-hmm. podcast live down the road. Yeah, I think in about a week or two, we'll start doing this podcast live on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I need to prepare to wake up for these 9 a.m. podcasts because having to do it at 12 p.m., I feel bad. Anyway, I just want to get out of the way. I, I mean – Hey, the Sixers played Golden State late last night. It was a 10, mm-hmm. 10 Eastern start time. Didn't start to like 10.30 Eastern, so I have an excuse. We should have known when we saw the Sixers schedule this was going to be a tough yeah. one for you. Alon and I were waiting for you. Super producer Alon and I were waiting for you. And then at like 9.15, 9.20, he said, hey, you did it by yourself for a while. That one time. You just want to try that again? But then I told him, hey – there's not a lot going on right now in the track world. We're between indoors, cross country, and outdoors. It's a Wednesday show. Everything was stacked against me. And I said, you know, this one I need I need Gordon because we're going to need to go back and forth a little bit to get to this show. So I could not carry it myself. So I said, let's just, let's just reschedule. But that's where we're at in the track season right now. And Wednesday is tough as is. Wednesday between seasons is even harder to figure out stuff to talk about. And I think we found a good topic. It's topical. It's a topical topic. Yeah. And that's the best kind of topics you can talk about. So, yeah. March well, Madness. At the end of the show, Track Madness. At let's the end put of the, it together. Yeah. At the end of the show, we're going to talk about some of the meets that are going to kick off the outdoor season this weekend. You got a list of people who are going to be racing of note at the Texas relays, the Raleigh relays. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll, we'll even do some, some Gordon's guesses. We'll throw that on you. Maybe you can make a pick or two. See how well your outdoor picks hold up after a, a strong indoor and cross-country season to you. But, yeah, we wanted to do a March Madness track hybrid. My buddy Dan, who does a college football podcast, at the beginning of March Madness did a bracket as if it was everybody's college football team playing instead of everybody's college basketball team playing. And, obviously, the results are kind of hilarious when you do that because you have all these weird upsets, more so than you would even in a regular tournament and teams make runs that you wouldn't think. So we're going to do that. But with track, we're going to do the men's today because they're already the Sweet 16. We're going to go the Sweet 16 all the way to the championship. And then on Friday, because the women's tournament will be at the Sweet 16 by then, they still have a couple games to play. We'll do the women's bracket all the way in. And listen, we're not talking about the best 16 teams in track and field. That's that we're taking the basketball bracket. I'll be real clear here. We're taking the basketball bracket, and we're just saying 
which track team is better this year. We're not talking historically. We're talking about this year, which track team is better. Now, the better part is where we get subjective because obviously we're going to include indoor, we're going to cross country, we're going to include outdoor. You could say, well, which team's a better dual meet team? Which team's a better championship team? That's where the fun comes in. That's where the debate comes in. But we're taking the men's Sweet 16 bracket, putting in track teams, and then crowning a champion right here, probably in the next you know, 15, 20 minutes, Gordon. It's going to be it's going to be jam-packed. It's going to be exciting. Buckle up. Yeah. And before we get into the jam-packed and exciting, we need to do an update on the current status mm-hmm. of the Flowtrack Mattis pool. Yours truly. Yes. I'm in second place, baby. Second place. Uh, still in the running. I got my champion, Gonzaga, still going. There is a path for victory for me. Currently, ESPN fan 5685698 is winning. But he has Arkansas winning the whole thing, so it's not going to okay. happen. But anyway. They're still uh, in it. You're in. They're still in it. You're in. Uh, How am I doing? Whoops. How am I doing? How am I doing? Where are you? I don't Keep scrolling. Know you are. Oh, you're scrolling. 15th. You're in 15th, but you picked Kansas to win the whole thing, so you're definitely not going to win this this pool. Because Kansas is new. Yeah, you picked Kansas. <laughs> I have no recollection of that. And my other one, I picked Gonzaga, and everybody picked Gonzaga, and I'm way behind. My path to victory, narrow on both. Yeah. Speaking of Gonzaga, let's start there with our track bracket. We'll go to the West here, Gordon. You have Gonzaga versus Creighton, USC versus Oregon. We'll start first at the top, Gonzaga versus Creighton. Battle of track teams for the men. Who would win? I guess the first question I had was, does Creighton have a track team? And I had to look it up. They do. They do have a track team. team. They have a cross-country team, but they do run track, I guess, with their cross-country guys. And I Mm -hmm. think, but does Gonzaga have a track team? And I was like, yeah, like I said, it's two teams that really don't really put a lot of emphasis on running 400 meters on the outdoor track. Uh, But Mm -hmm. based on lack of field event athletes and sprinters on both sides, I just, I'm going to go with Gonzaga. They made the meet uh, in cross-country. James Mawara. Uh, Giamelli, mm-hmm. he's good. Giramelli, I don't know how to say his last name. Joseph Giramelli, I don't well, know how to say his name. Anyway, Creighton was good eighth one in the Big East. I looked that up. Creighton eighth in the Big East. Obviously, the Zags, because you were there, you know this, second in the West Coast. And then they went on to get 27th at the national meet. I'm with you. We're moving Gonzaga on the Elite Eight. The next one, ooh, man, this one's a good one. Again, we're talking about this year, though. USC versus Oregon. In basketball, a lot of upsets to get there. If this was track, no upsets. This would be a, a marquee matchup. Break this one down for us. So obviously we know what Oregon has on the distance side with the, the tiers and the Hawkers and the James Wests of this world. But USC kind of does still have some legit workhorses in the outdoor. Like Isaiah Jewett, who is a USA mm-hmm. finalist, you could say he could potentially win NCAAs over – the likes of a Charlie Hunter. So they USC still has a really good 800-meter runner. They still have solid sprinters. They can still have some good throwers here and there. But in the end, Oregon having the great distance, and then on top of that, having multiple guys qualify in that 60, Micaiah Williams coming out strong as a true freshman, it's going to be Oregon hands down. USC just doesn't have the firepower. But I would like to see the Oregon-USC 4 by one at Pac-12, so I'm excited to see who kind of comes victorious of that because any other year you'd be like, oh, USC, hands down. But this could be the year where Oregon's 100-meter runners 
are actually better than USC, which would be a more of a sprint powerhouse. I mean, they have some mm-hmm. very good sprinters come out of USC on both the 100 and 400 levels. So if Oregon now is overthrowing them, that's pretty impressive all around. Oregon, it's close, but they're going to pull away and win by like seven points. <laughs> yeah, USC's got some some points in the in the field event. So McKay Johnson in in the yeah. shot, maybe maybe double him up. You got Ernie Sears in the in the high jump, but you're right, Oregon all around, I think, gets the win here. So that's the West. Let's go now to the East. The East, Michigan versus Florida State. Michigan versus Florida State. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, well, I think Florida State wins it easily. I think Michigan, they're really good at getting a bunch of guys who are like, you know, not super elite, but like good enough mm-hmm. to make a final maybe and flirt around. And then once in a while, they do have a time when, uh, what's his name won? I can't believe I'm ben forgetting his name. Ben Flanagan won. Ben and they do show up, have mix and matches here and there. But, like, Florida State is just super consistent. They have the depth. They have the sprinters. They have Wildershut. You know, Michigan does have other type of guys. But, I don't know, Florida State just overall, all around, is going to win this matchup, in my opinion. Yeah, hard to argue that because, yeah, the Wildershut, the presence of Wildershut gives them a great distance runner, and then we know how good they are in field events and sprints year in, year out. Okay, Florida State. Yeah, Michigan does have a good decathlete. Uh, transfer mm-hmm. from USC, uh, Aiden Owens, who might win, and they also have a good thrower. But Florida State just too much sprint power. They're gonna they're gonna take over. Okay, the bottom of that East bracket: UCLA versus Alabama. UCLA versus Alabama. Here's a little bit of the tail of the tape for this year's results. UCLA was fifth in the conference in cross country. Bama was seventh indoors nationally didn't qualify for the national meet in cross country. So throw all those results together, Gordon, and what do you get? Who wins this? Alabama. Hands down. They they got some good throwers. Uh, they have some good jumpers. And they have Ilya Kipsang. USC, UC, mm-hmm. I, I can't really think of anyone on UCLA, UCLA roster that's like relevant right now in a top three position where Alabama, they probably have like five guys who could be top three in a different event. So. Mm-hmm. Alabama for the win. Okay, so they're going to face Florida State in that East final. But let's continue with the round of 16 here. To the south, Baylor versus Villanova. Baylor versus Villanova. Now, if this was a historical contest, it would be pretty interesting to debate this because remember when we did all our U's and we were debating who's what U, who's 400-meter U, and who's yeah, mile yeah, You'd yeah. have a good battle yeah. here between, between quarter-mile U and between – uh, miler you here and if you were looking at this from the women's side again we'll do the women's bracket uh, on friday but baylor had two individual indoor champions indoors but we're looking at it from the men's perspective they have casey lightfoot champion in the pole vault baylor does nova qualified in cross country so they made it to the national meet indoors they just had dolan representing them in the mile who do you think this almost i feel like this almost you need to do a tiebreaker with like what do you think is going to happen outdoors with this? Yeah, they both have the very similar like the Baylor sprinters 
very are very reminiscent of the Villanova Milers right now, where they're good but not great. They're not bad. They're like, you know, Villanova has a bunch of guys who could run 358 to 402. Baylor has a bunch of sprinters who are like 10-2 guys to 10-4. So it's good but not great. But I think the the trump card, I think, that we have to throw in there is Baylor's pole vaulter, Casey Lightfoot. Yeah, it's only one event, but they got a surefire number one point score. So okay. I got to go with Baylor. Baylor with the win there, number one seed in basketball. Moving on to the Elite Eight. Arkansas versus the Cinderella story from Oral Roberts. I know you have a deep connection to Oral Roberts after your, uh, your Grant Holloway tweet here. You know the roster up and down. You were able to recall somebody from several years ago. But Arkansas, the men, seventh indoors and then podium cross country. I, I see this as the Razorbacks rolling. Yeah, Razorbacks roll. Arkansas is better than even seventh that they did in indoors. They're, they're a good team all around. Or Roberts. Cinderella story comes to an end. 15 seed. You made it to the Sweet 16. You got to pretty good. You got to you got to play a track meet against Arkansas. That's that's the consolation prize. Arkansas moves on to the lead eight. Midwest last region here. Here's an interesting matchup: Loyola <laughs> of Chicago versus Oregon State. Oregon State no full program. Hopefully they get to bring that back one day. They've had some people run individually. Uh, Loyal of Chicago, look this up, Gordon, fourth in the in their conference in cross and then seventh in their conference in indoors. I guess you got to give them the edge because they have a program, correct? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, Oregon State doesn't really have enough bodies. So Loyal Chicago just got to show up with them and their – their nun coach was it? Is it a nun? What's the person that everyone talks about? Is it? Isn't it Sister Jean? Sister Jean. What does that even mean? What does yeah. Sister Jean mean? Is that means it's a nun? She doesn't dress uh, like a nun, Sister though. Je- I'm the wrong person to ask you about this. She is uh, a chaplain for the Loyola Ramblers men's basketball team, according to Wikipedia, and okay. a religious sister a of the Sisters of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She had a good tweet. Did you see a her lot tweet? Of nouns. Uh, what was her tweet? Did you see her tweet? So the uh, Chesarek should have won the Bowerman. Was that our tweet? <laughs> the ultimate sin in track and field. I mean, I hope this is a real tweet. This could have been a. This could have been a fake. Might be fake. This could. It could have been a fake tweet. Mister's uh, burner. But someone because they're they're playing Oregon State. So someone uh, actually her her Twitter account is very active by the way. Uh, Oregon State posted a tweet. Uh, of a gif of one of their guys, and it says, Sister Jean, don't want the smoke. And then she quote tweeted it and wrote, I want all the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I'm happy they're moving on. They go to the Elite Eight, and they will face the winner of Syracuse and Houston, two programs with different strengths, Gordon, to say the least. Yeah, and I really do think Houston is better when it comes to track because, yeah, they don't. Houston has no distance stuff, and Syracuse would rack up a lot of points in the distance, but Houston, they will basically sweep the 100, the 200, the 400, the 400 hurdle. Like they'll just go all out and the, the horizontal jumps. Um, they mm-hmm. have a good pole vaulter. So, and a, and a good thrower. Uh, Houston will move on. Houston moves on to the elite. Eight. Okay. Let's go back to the, the West region here. So elite eight down to final four Gonzaga v. Oregon. 
Gotta go with Oregon. Uh, Gonzaga got an easy buy there by going up against Creighton in the Sweet 16. Oregon moves on to the Final Four. FSU versus Bama. FSU versus Bama. So now this one's hard. This is probably the the toughest matchup. Who finished better at indoor? Who finished better indoor? Who had a better indoor? Let's let finish. Let's look that up. Uh, Bama, like I said, was seventh indoors. Uh, let's see, indoor championships. Florida State had a lot of guys. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people. A lot of. Uh, Guys who can win individually too, really stocked in the field events. Yeah, Isaac Grimes St- and stuff, yeah, yeah. Trey Cunningham, et cetera, et cetera. Total points. Here we go. Uh, team scores, men. Oh wow. Oh wait, hold on. I was looking at the wrong side. How long does it take you to oh, find wow. this team score? They were one point apart, Gordon. Twenty-three to twenty-two. Florida State edged them by one point at indoors. That's interesting. I'm Even going with Florida State then. I'm going with Florida State. I think they throw in also Casey Nevelbard, who uh, mm-hmm. has outdoor eligibility in the 1500, kind of steals some more points from Alabama's Ilya Kipsang. Going Florida State. Okay, go to the south now. Baylor v. Arkansas. Baylor v. Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, 100%. Uh, Baylor was riding the coattails of Casey Lightfoot. That comes down <laughs> when uh, Arkansas. One man show. Up. One man and show. it's kind of like us, Davidson with Steph Curry. You can only yeah. go so far with, with one guy. Unless the guy's exactly. Carmelo Anthony and then you win the entire tournament. Okay, Loyola of Chicago versus Houston. The matchup we were all waiting for. I mean, Houston's we got, uh, Houston is going to have a pretty much a smooth sailing ride to the Final Four, getting an, basically the easiest – I guess Oregon kind of had an easy Elite Eight matchup. But, yeah, Houston, mm-hmm. Final Four. Okay, so our final four teams, Oregon, FSU, Arkansas, and Houston. I'm just going to keep the games going in order. So West versus East, South versus Midwest. So that means it's Oregon versus FSU. Oregon versus FSU. All right. The question is, how many events can Adrian Wildeshut run, right? (laughs) Can they convince Wildeshut's brother – to last chance, get some eligibility, <laughs> come back to the States and run for Florida State so they have a one-two punch. Okay, Can Florida State um, convince Cole Hawker to go pro so he doesn't have any eligibility? Can It sounds like you're leading you know, Oregon. That's can James West like. get a false start but also get all of his other teammates to get a false start? If all that happens, right. Florida State probably still loses. Oregon moves on to the final. Oregon moves on. Oregon moves on to the championship game. All right, here we go. Also, free James West, by the way. You brought up his name. Oregon will face the winner of Arkansas and Houston. Arkansas and Houston. So Arkansas is going to rack up all the distance points. Yes. Houston, though, does have better short sprinters than Arkansas. Like they're gonna have Travis Collins, they have their Sean, the the South African guy, they have Terrence Ware. Arkansas is gonna win the four by one. Arkansas, I mean, that's right. Houston's gonna win the four by one. They're gonna do really well mm-hmm. in the one and the two. They have a good four hundred meter hurdler in uh, what's his name, Quavel Jordan. Okay. 
But Arkansas, man, they got they had enough bodies. They're deep. They got a lot they, of people in a lot of events. They got a lot of people in a lot of events. I, I want to give it to Houston because there's a little bit of a personal connection to Carl Lewis, and you kind of want that underdog story, and they're the, not in the Power Five conferences. But, hey, clock don't lie. The measuring stick don't lie. I have to give it to Arkansas. Just got to do it. Double, I don't want to, but I got to Double do OT it. thriller. Double OT thriller. Yeah, Arkansas yeah, moves on. Thriller. Arkansas, Oregon for the championship of the hypothetical men's track sweet 16 bracket. Oregon breed. Okay. Here we go. Let's think about this though. Okay. Let's put some parameters on this matchup. All right. So it's outdoor track. It's a dual meet. Sure. How many entries are you allowed per event? You can say three. Three. You get three. You get three. Are you allowed to double, triple, quadruple? Like how many times are you allowed to run multiple? You can run up to, you can run as much as you want. Let's just say that. If you want to quadruple some people, Gordon, you can quadruple some people. Yeah. Okay, now you you're gonna hate that I'm about to do this because you're gonna want this podcast Uh-oh. to go quicker. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna actually cor- score this out, not like crazily, but we're just gonna do a okay, uh, who would win what event to one point five speed everybody. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm just getting all of the events listed on my Excel doc really quick. Shot put, hammer throw, javelin throw. He's getting his supercomputer. Don't forget multis. Dual meet yeah, multis yeah, yeah. is where it's at. Yeah. Okay. So. Here we we'll go. start this. We'll, we'll start. Hundred meter advantage. Mm-hmm. You can you keep track of this? The score. Sure. Uh, it's just it's gonna be one and one. So advantage Oregon. So one point Oregon in the hundred. Okay, hold on. Okay, I gotta open this doc up. Okay, one hundred. So one point to Oregon. Two hundred. I'll give the advantage to Oregon as well. Right? Would you agree with that? Equal. Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred advantage Arkansas. Okay, eight hundred. Four hundred hurt. Four hundred hurdles. Advantage Arkansas. Okay. One ten hurdles. Advantage Arkansas. Okay. Eight hundred. Advantage Oregon. So what are we at now? It is now three to three. Three to three. Okay. Fifteen hundred. Got to do advantage Oregon. Okay. Steeple. Ooh. It's who like decides to just like force their guys to do it because no one has really has a true good steepler. So let's call okay. steeple a wash. They tie. Tie. Good. Tie. Neck and neck. Photo finish. Okay. Five K advantage Oregon. Ten K got to advantage Arkansas because really, yeah. Mo and Kemboy, they're gonna just like they're gonna sacrifice the five and just go all in on the ten. And, and and get the points back in the 10. Okay. Four by one advantage. Ooh, I got four by one advantage Oregon. Four by four advantage Arkansas. Okay. Okay, so what are we at? What's the score? Oregon, currently, you have them winning the 100, 200, 800, 1500, 5K, and four by one. So they have six. And Arkansas has four by four. 10K, 110 hurdles, four hurdles, and 400. So they have five. Okay, so it's six Oregon. And there's five one Arkansas. tie. 
And there's the one tie, tie. Yeah, well, yes. ties to cancel out, so it doesn't matter. So six to five, Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's start with uh, high jump. Field events. Mm-hmm. High jump, got to do high jump and pole vault. Definitely Arkansas. Okay. Long jump and triple jump, I would do advantage Oregon. Okay. Shot put, advantage Arkansas. Okay. Then the three hammer, javelin, uh, distance throw, I would have Mm -hmm. to do advantage no one because I don't know. So we're going to scratch those events because we don't know. So what's the score now? All right. Well, you need you skipped high jump. I, oh I no, you I didn't. Gave... Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no you you gave it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, let me just clarify. High jump, so high you have jump Arkansas. Pull vault, Arkansas. you have Arkansas, and shot put, you have Arkansas, and then long jump and triple jump, you have Oregon. So it's eight to eight, and then because okay. you scratched out, yeah, the hammer, javelin, and discus. Because I don't know. So we're eight eight. Okay. Now it's a multis decathlon. Okay. It's gonna be. What's, what, what? How did they do at, uh, at NCAA indoors? Let me pull that up right now for the heptathlon. Max Vollmer was six with 5,726. Uh, Daniel Spetcher was ninth for Arkansas, <coughs> 5,630. But Arkansas did have two other guys qualify. Yeah, one guy got 14th and the other guy DNF'd. And if it's to get three people, I think mm. Arkansas wins it. Upset. Arkansas takes wow. the championship. They have more bodies in the decathlon, and they win it. There you go. Arkansas. I think 2021 March Float Track Madness champion. Over Arkansas. I think they're over, calling over Oregon. Oregon. Upset special. They're calling Cooper Tier and saying, "Can you run the steeple?" I think that's what would happen if this was yes. simulated out as champion. They get in, everybody get in the steeple. We are winning the steeple. Wow, first ever time doing that. How do you think it went? It was great. I think we need to do it every year. We need to make it a reality. We need Arkansas and Oregon to show up on a track meet, and they need to run their events that we tell them to run, and then we'll be be able mm-hmm. to truly see if these uh, flow track projections are accurate. Speaking of Arkansas and Oregon, we got an email here, Gordon, from Justin, who keeps his ear to the ground when it comes to Arkansas schedules. And he said, Arkansas just posted its outdoor schedule on both the men and women are going to the Hayward premiere in Eugene on April 2nd and 3rd. You may already know about it, but I haven't seen any articles about it, and it's not even on Oregon's website. But Googling around, it looks like BYU, Oklahoma State, Portland, New Mexico, Tulsa, and Utah are some of the other teams listed on their schedule. I got some beef with the team known as Oregon. If you were... Hold on. I know some other teams that are there. Hold on. Let, let me give yeah, you a yeah. li- I think I have some... It's uh, a, I don't care. There's m- a lot of teams going to this meet in Oregon. It is March Colorado. 24th. It is March 24th, 2021. We already have had outdoor track meets. Yet... Yeah. We, we, this sport is supposed to be popular. Imagine if the Duke basketball team didn't tell you who they were going to play in a basketball season until less than a week before it started. Imagine if we didn't know who the Philadelphia Eagles were going to play 
in their football schedule at the end of their preseason. You'll be like, wait, who are they playing? Mm. The fact that our sport doesn't feel the need to like promote like the the schedule. It's just like we we the schedule should have been known months ago. They already know. Why are they waiting? Well, it's, not like not not months ago. Not months ago because of all the stuff happened last minute. You got a new stadium and you also got the uh and you got the COVID situation. But you're they right know. now it should, they, yes, they, it, should, they, it should be up there. This event was already on direct athletic direct athletics months ago. So this 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 meet wasn't put together last minute. These coaches and these administrators know this event is happening, yet they're going to wait to the last minute to announce it. Like, people would be going insane if we didn't know which basketball players were playing who or teams were playing who mm-hmm. less than weeks before the start of the season. It'd be like, what's going on? How do you expect people to follow the season if you're not going to announce it? And we just accept it because, oh, it's a track me. We can just announce it last minute. Yeah. And this is happening in the pro side. You see Bowerman less than 24 hours before a track meet, be like, hey, we're running a track meet. And then people complain. People think, why isn't it more popular? Well, maybe because we're finding out about track meets after they've already happened, right? <laughs> and the fact that a school like Oregon doesn't bother to tell people where they're running until the very last moment, it's just, it's bullshit. I'm sorry, it is. I mean, I'm probably not gonna post this now because I said the word shit at the end of it, but I don't care. Our, these Beep. teams and these... These we need a long these... live people. So you're excited about Oregon pros. versus Arkansas? Is that what I'm getting? You excited? Do you no, think that they're going to just... be fired up because you said that Arkansas is going to edge them by one? You think there's be a little bit more motivation there because of the March Badness hypothetical bracket? I think so. I'm just saying, we, we track is like, why aren't we more popular all the, than the big football, basketball, baseball, all this stuff? And like, this is just like, I know it's a small thing, but this is just like shows the stupidityness of our sport that the most popular track program in the NCAA doesn't feel the need to tell people where they're running until the very last moment. It's just stupid. And I know like, all right, who cares? We all know that all that matters is NCAAs, but like, it's just like, you would never see this happen in any other sport. You would never see Duke basketball, not tell us where they were playing. In fact, we probably, we already know where Alabama football is playing in 2028. Mm-hmm. We already know that, but we don't know that in track. And it's just, and then Bowerman does it with their whole little, pop-up meets and this they're like oh and then like they pull out last minute and then scratches happen it's just like all this all right people say like what how do you make this more more popular you need structure you need people to say they're going to run something and they do it you don't have like you know in football you're getting 10 games in a row you know in basketball you're getting the 25 games in a row you know that in track you have no idea what you're getting you're getting like oh yeah only our B plus team is running here. Oh yeah, this was just a qualifying race. Oh, this was just a jog. Oh, I tried. All, I went all here. Oh yeah, we're gonna try to break the American record in the middle of a forest on a closed Nike campus track. Oh, that's really good. That that it's stuff like that. Sorry, I went on a little rant, but the presentation maybe, that maybe you should these have slept athletes in. and coaches I, you do towards think that you're on less sport, sleep, not more bad. sleep. This is this is not good. Sorry. It's just crazy. okay. So you're excited for Friday because we're going to the women's bracket. That'll be great. I'm go. excited. I'm glad you were able to air all the grievances there uh, that we've heard before. I was hoping while you were talking, I looked at Oregon's schedule. I was hoping it was up there now so that I could tell you and you just have to uh, eat crow, but it's still not up there. They haven't done anything past what? Uh, they haven't done anything past indoors on the schedule. So. 
it just says Fayetteville. That's the last one. NCAA Indoor Championships. In any event, we're going to talk about the first weekend of outdoor, the first big weekend of outdoor, which is coming up. But first, it's time for this week's installment of the Under Armour Performance Series, where Gordon and I talked about the mental side of running with Rachel Snyder and Paul Winsper of Under Armour. So we'll play that right now, and then when we come back. Gordon's going to make some predictions about what's going to happen on this first big weekend of track, Texas Relays, Rally Relays. Stick with us. And now it's time for the Under Armour Performance Series. Under Armour is more than an apparel company or shoe company. They're a human performance company trying to not only make the athletes better, but everyone a better runner. In this series, we've already talked to several athletes, coaches, and trainers on a variety of topics to help improve you as a runner from preparation, nutrition, and training to competing and recovery. Very excited to have on today's edition, distance runner Rachel Schneider and Paul Winsper, VP of Athlete Performance at Under Armour. Let's start first with you, Paul. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Under Armour Performance Academy? Yeah, the, the Performance Academy is is set up, you know, as we say, as, as a brand, we want to really strive to work with people that just want more. They want to, they're striving to be better. And as a brand, you know, we're, we're doing it through, like you said, the footwear and the apparel, but now we're going to that next step. How do we support the journey from a, an athletic perspective with with training and, and really giving people the tools? And, and one thing that I think, people shy away from is training the mind and if we think about the athlete you know we, you, we can train their body we can train their mind and we can train their craft and if you ask most people how they train for their craft you know Rachel could tell you all about drills and her reps and sets she could tell you how she trains in the gym in terms of her body but you ask a lot of athletes about how to train their mind and it's almost like an abstract construct of like well I kind of do that, I think, and I think that's trained my mind. So Performance Academy was set up, in short, to give athletes tools to really understand how to train the mind. So from training, competition, and recovery. So leading up to competition, then during competition, like pre-game and game time, and then in that recovery uh, area of how, you know, how we train the mind post-game. Rachel, how important is it as a professional runner, obviously, to not only work on your physical side, but working on that mental side? Working on the mental side is, I would say, just as important, if not more important than doing the physical work as a professional runner. I think it's natural for all of us to be eager to get out the door and to run and to train and to hit the gym but it feels less natural to say, take 10 minutes a day to sit down and meditate or to do things that will actually enhance the mental performance aspect of the sport. And I think that's where um, the biggest gains can actually come from is, is the belief and the mental training and, and just showing up mentally prepared will be um, kind of what take an athlete to the highest level that they can. Paul, how, how, how is Under Armour supporting the athletes and consumers with mindset, would you say? Yeah, I think, I think Rachel summed it up there. It, it's, it really is an advantage. It's a competitive advantage. And when you see the athletes that really understand that and really understand how to do it, 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 it gives them those gains. The way we've broken it down is into 
seven very simple constructs. So it, it's, we, we teach athletes about how to visualize success. Like what does success look like for them? And if we can start to visualize it, you can almost like pull it towards yourself and anchor yourself to that, that ability to visualize what success looks like. The next part is teaching athletes to set really clear goals. Um, we ask athletes if they've set goals and it's, yeah, we've set goals, but have you really set goals? Do you understand how to set them and how to measure them and check progress towards them? So visualize the success, set the goals. The next one is building resilience. You know, I, I think Rachel as an athlete personifies that resilience. Running is tough. Running is a, is a tough sport and we can help athletes understand how to build resilience mentally. The other one is we're starting to get into that lead up to competition and, and just pre-competition of teaching the athletes to calm the mind. And again, reps and sets and exercises. Then we move into something that it, to me is one of those real powerful tools is teaching athletes to build optimism. And it sounds pretty abstract, but we can actually teach athletes to start thinking more optimistically, how to build optimism into their daily routines. And then we talk about activating their mindset. So think about that. We can teach them and we can teach them and we can teach them, but now we have to actually show them how to activate that new mindset. And then the last one is how to reflect on performance. So there's, there's a whole kind of time phase staging to the visualizing success, the clear goal setting, achieving that resilience, calming the mind, building optimism, activating that mindset, and then reflecting on their performance. And Rachel, as an athlete, how do you put those things into practice? I imagine throughout your career, you found different things that work, but how do you implement some of those things uh, that we just heard about? Everything Paul just mentioned is so massive in the mental game. I mean, all seven of those practices are exactly that. They're practices. Like those are things that need to be actively implemented, if not on a daily basis, on a on a routine basis. And I would I would say like sometimes I am more focused on one than the other. Like sometimes I'm more thinking about visualization and how that's gonna help this race coming up. Other times it's more about when the race is done, how do I reflect on that? But then at the core of it is always staying really in touch with how I personally define success. Um, that's probably in my mind, one of the biggest ones is always staying in touch with my personal definition of success, both in the short term and in the long term. And then goal setting and um, really just taking all seven of those and making sure that, you know, I'm strengthening my mind and I'm using the tools of this, of these practices to help my mindset prepare me not to only be the best athlete on race day, but to do what I can every day and implement that into my routine to be the best athlete and the best person I can be on a regular basis. Paul, when it comes to training the mind, what are some of the resources available to support that training process? Yeah, the, the way we've tried to build this is we listen to athletes like Rachel, you know, the, the experienced athletes that have a practice and, and we know it works. We also looked at um, speaking to people that work with athletes in the field. So we brought in Dr. Mike Gervais, 
who is a, a leading high performance sports psychologist. So it was this blend of working with the athletes, listening to their practice and then working with the applied psychologists in sport. And then we build out the programs. So in practice, any, any single focus performer, anybody that wants to get better and actually understand how to train the mind can go to our Performance Academy website and download any of those seven constructs and then get into the actual practice. How do we do it? What are the reps? What are the sets? How long? How often? So that's a resource that we've built for all focus performers all over the world. Rachel, we all know it's an Olympic year. We've seen you in action a couple times this year already. You had that uh, fast 10,000 as well. What's your race schedule look like in the near future before the trials? Ooh, yeah, the trials are a couple months away, as you guys know. So um, really dialing it in right now, really focusing on, uh, focusing on doing what I can on a daily basis to show up at the trials the best I possibly can be. I'm looking forward to racing hopefully a handful of times before the trials. I'm not exactly sure my race schedule yet, but looking forward to uh, getting in some 1500s and a 5K before uh, heading to Eugene for the trials. Great, great. We'll wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for joining us, Rachel Snyder and Paul Winsper on today's edition of the Under Armour Performance Series. We appreciate you guys' time. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And we're back. Gordon, do you want to weigh in at all on the scheduling with NCAA teams? Just one more time. No, no, I'm good. I missed it. I, I got it all okay. out. It's just, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. Our sport needs structure. That's all I'm saying. Sport needs structure, and it's going to always be chaotic all over the place until – we start giving it structure and I'm and mm. creating a track league. Isn't the answer either. It's not about. Okay. Okay. Fake. I didn't oh, mean to get you on another logo uh, and a draft. It's I, uh, awesome. Stop, stop, stop. All right. All right. All right. All right. I was just saying for the podcast next a joke. Week yeah. Save. Yeah. Save for next Wednesday's pod or something like that. Just uh, maybe you can do a solo one and just yell into the microphone for an hour. I mean, that would be great. <laughs> all right. What should we be watching for this weekend? Who's so racing? uh on Texas relays we have some some fast uh sprint stars, right? You got Tiana Daniels, mm-hmm. Kenny Harrison, Jenna Prandini, Gabby Thomas, Ashley Spencer, Corey Carter, Shamir Little. You have a thing moo in the fifteen hundred. That's gonna be exciting. Uh excuse me, a thing wow. moo. Uh Aaliyah Miller in that same fifteen hundred, so two eight hundred meter stars duking it out. Uh on the men's side, you got Ronnie Baker, Cam Burrell, Terrence Laird, Eli Hall running the, the sprints. You have Devin Dixon in the four, Emmanuel Correer in the 400, Kamari Montgomery in the 400. You have Michael Saruni, an 800-meter guy running the mile. Isai Rodriguez in the 10K, good pole vault action. So Texas Relays, going to be some great, some good season debuts for yeah. some notable sprint people. However, on the East Coast, the Rally Relays, we're going to have a lot of deep – Distance NCA action. Mm-hmm. Here are just some names. Oh, we'll just go event by. Do you? Ha- I sent you the start list. Do you see that in the chat? Uh, in the chat. Well, like in our have? little our little video stream chat thing. Oh wow, you're using that now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, using that. 
So, so right, you can just see, see what I'm seeing. Oh, there it is. Anyway, yeah, 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 there it is. So in the, in the women's 1500, we're going to have Caitlin Tui, which will be exciting. Mm-hmm. Also other like notables like Kaylee Richards, who is a All-American in the mile from UMass Lowell. We'll have um, Katie Rainsberger from Washington. So good 1500. The 5K, also going to be good. You're going to have people like Abby Wheeler of Providence, Jessica Drop of Georgia. Um, you're going to have other NC State athletes. I think Caitlin Tui is also in that one. You have um, Lauren White of Boston College. She's good. Anyway, good distance stuff on the women's side. The 10K, we're going to have Mercy Chalangot, mm-hmm. NCAA champ right there running the 10K. Mercy! Uh, a few others. Kelsey Camille in the 10K from NC State, Hannah Steelman in the 10K, uh, and a bunch of others. Basically, on the women's side, you can see a bunch of athletes trying to get their regional qualifier, whether it's in the 15, the 5K, or the 10K. What do you think Mercy's going this, on 10K in? Fast to very fast. <laughs> this is – this reminds me of the BU meet after cross, where yeah. everybody goes with the cross-country fitness – and tries to get a time. Now, there's usually a little more time off after that than there might be here. But all these people are still running off cross-country fitness. And if they get the time that they want, you might see them take it easy for a little bit and then and then come back. With the schedule being so strange this year, you can't blame them for taking any opportunity. But some of these people, I mean, Mercy, that was that was two weeks ago that she won the, yeah. that she won the title. But, yeah, she's going real fast. The- she's going fast. Yeah. And on the men's side, you have like Vincent Kiprop of Alabama in the 10K. Robert Brandt, who ran a fast 10K already at a mm-hmm. pro meet, has to do it again for NCAA purposes. Uh, is running 10K. But I think the number one performance I'm most interested in is going to be the I men's know. 5K. It's going to be the men's mm-hmm. 5K. Athanas Kiyoko of Campbell. No, I'm kidding. Not him. Uh, Yair oh. Nagus. Yair Nagus, Notre Dame, <laughs> is in me. the 5K. And it's going to mm-hmm. be a pretty good 5K. You have the D2 star, Christian Noble from Lee. You have Andrew Jordan of Washington in there. Other Notre Dame guys, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, the Campbell kid, uh, Athanas Kiyoko. Um, I'm excited to see what exactly is Yared's goal for this race and why is he doing it? Because he's not running the 5K at NCAAs. So there's got to be a bigger reason for this race is it basically maybe he wants to join that 5k party he heard you talk about how great the 5k was and maybe he's like i want in i'm in i mean if yaris in that 5k oh man that changes things i think it's you kind of if you think about it they're kind of working their way back down right they work their way up yeah, to the exactly. 10k you do the 8ks mm-hmm. and then a the 10k now they got to work their way back down to the 1500 so you start with the 5k then do a 3k and then get down to the 15 um, so that's yeah. probably the reason I just made that Come up as a the reason, quarter by it July. makes sense in my mind. Nah, it makes, it's a pyramid. It makes sense in my head. It's a pyramid, it's a pyramid. Yeah. Drop, drop up, drop down. You can you, do a steeple in a couple weeks, then a 1,500, then an 800, then go. <laughs> there you oh, go. He's, do a mile, he's the one I'm interested in. Then a 1,600, and then a 1,500. <laughs> he's the one I was interested in too, but I wonder how hard they're going to go, what sort of rabbits they have in place. Because if this was set up like some of those 5,000s that were in the end of last year that the collegians hopped in, when Grijalva ran 13 teens in that in the track meet, then I think Yared could hop along for the ride and, and go really fast. But I don't know with the weather, with the pacing, if it's just going to be, hey, get a good solid effort in there. Obviously, don't 
don't burn out. But they're all going to be in really good shape. And the pressure is going to be pretty low for most of these athletes because it's early season. Just in the same way that the BU meet, it seems everybody got a, got a PR. I think you could see something similar uh, with, with this meet if the weather cooperates. Okay, give me some predictions or guesses or something for, for this week's edition of Gordon's Guesses. You got a lot of names there. Just tell me what someone's going to do with confidence. Ooh. I'm going to go with confidence. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go upset. My upset is I think Christian Noble wins that 5K. Because I think maybe Nagoose doesn't try to go all out and runs like a 13.45, just get his feet wet. But I think Christian Noble wins the 5K in 13.31. Mm-hmm. What about Texas Relays? Texas Relays, a thing, Mo, a thing Mo is going to not win. She... <laughs> you keep picking against her on the show. I don't understand what's going on here with this. Well, I just don't, I don't think she's built to be running the 1500. I don't know. I think she... She's running before. She'll be fine. She has what she, She'll be fine. I don't know. See, here's the thing. These guesses, it's a lot harder to guess season opener type races. You don't know what the purpose is of any of these races how they are health-wise, fitness-wise, and, like, okay, especially in the NCAA scene. You don't need to pick like, times, though. You don't need okay. to pick times. Just, like, who's going to be the winners? story coming? Just just who's going to be the story coming? I'll give you one. Kevin's okay. guess is not as cool as Gordon's guesses, so it, this isn't the segment. But if I was in your shoes, I would say Devin Dixon is going to make a splash this weekend because we have not been talking about him for so long. He did not have indoors. He's going to come out. He's going to drop a serious time in the quarter. And we're going to remember, hey, Sky, NCAA favorite, and also Dark Horse to make the Olympic team. That's a pick that I'm looking for. Something like that. Okay. Well, he's not going to win that race. Emmanuel Courier is going to win that race. I'm I'm not, I didn't right say – jeez, you have to pick Emmanuel Courier. How long are you going to pick Emmanuel Courier? Are we going to be in this podcast Wait, in 2030? You know, you know, you know no, when I don't want to talk made... about Emmanuel Courier. I don't want to talk about schedules world... on websites. I don't want to talk about Emmanuel Career. He made Emmanuel the Carrera final made the... in the 400 and didn't make the final in the 800. You said he's going to make the final in both. We're not going to. No. We're not going to have relate this that. argument. All I said no. is he would. I said he would make the final 400. And I know, I know, when you were sitting in that Doha hotel room the night before the 400, <laughs> you're like, God damn it, Gordon might be right. Career might actually pull something crazy off in the four. You were like, shit. Once he made it through the semis, you're like, uh oh. No. Gordon might be on this career thing, and you are thankful that he finished like sixth. You're like, thank God no. Gordon doesn't have this over me. Nah, no, not at all. That's erroneous. Okay. But even if you're gonna say, even if you're gonna say that Career is gonna beat him, that can still be true about Dixon. He can still run fast enough to where people remember how good he is, and it puts him on a map. Give me something like that if you don't want to pick a time or you don't want to pick a, I don't know, a a, a finishing order. I think Terrence Laird in the 200 is going to be an eye-opener at the Texas Relays. LSU kid got second to Matthew Bowling. Terrence is good talent. I think Terrence's 200, whatever he runs, is going to be good. And I really, I do think the best team at Texas Relays in the 4 by one and the 4 whatever they run, is also going to be what people talk about. Because people get excited for some some sprint action, especially sprint relays. 
You don't really get that as much in the indoor scene. I think the four by one conversation will start kick off really strong come Monday next week. Mm-hmm. And do you have a team or teams in particular? Uh, I mean, I think LSU and Houston are going to be the two teams. I mean, we remember the LSU-Houston match two years ago. That was fun. Back at it again. I'm not sure if Houston is going to be as good as they were in 2019, but uh, it's going to be exciting. I, I, I don't really know yet because you don't know where people are, people coming back from redshirting indoors, all this stuff. So I just think the four-by-one is going to be the conversation on Monday. And I think Christian Noble is going to upset everyone and be the conversation from the rally relays. That's what I think. There we go. Okay. There's two picks. Got them out of you. You got to be – look, if you're going to carry this segment, which I'm relying on you to do, you just got to have picks. You just got to go. Okay. You just got to be reactive. You don't even think. You need to just be – you need to be like cork moths. You just get the ball and you store it up. You store it. You don't even look at the rim. You just get it up. And you're a shooter. That's what you need to do. What's what's Kenny Harrison running? Is she running the hurdles? Uh, 200. So no. Okay. Okay. I was wondering those pros. I think, well, this is going to be, I'm predicting your reaction on Monday. How did all these college kids run faster than the pros? That's what we're going to get a lot of too on this show. But we have another show before that on Friday. Uh, all right. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube page, the Flowtrack Podcast YouTube page, where all the clips are up. Gordon voicing his opinion on a variety of topics. May or may not be trying to settle old scores from 2019 or <laughs> Bowerman from a bunch of years ago. Who knows? There's the music. Yeah. I love the music. <laughs> Show's over. We'll talk to you on Friday. Women's bracket coming Friday. Gordon is going to investigate every single schedule page in the NCAA. Update your stuff, SIDs. He's coming for you. Talk to you then.